Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we are in part four of our current study, Agents of Darkness and the New World Order Agenda. And in our last segment, we left off with a commentary, Satan's Final Empire, the New World Order, and our coverage of the Council on Foreign Relations. Today, we'll pick up where we left off as we continue to press forward with our investigation of the many organizations that are operating in the world with control over every facet of existence that comprises life on this planet and the people who run them with primary attention given to how these agents of darkness are being used by Lucifer, also known as Satan, to prepare the world for the global empire of his Antichrist. This nefarious effort is not mere conspiracy theory, as many argue, but is a fact that indeed confirms a genuine demonic and rebellious conspiracy, which by definition means plot or scheme that scripture has alerted us would play out from the fall of man in the garden of eden to its final climax in the last days leading to the end of the age and the commencement of eternity and as we investigate these things by the word of god and his prophetic guidelines the scriptural evidence that exposes these worldly endeavors for what they really are becomes undeniable bringing into clear focus the small-g God of this world, who is behind every worldly function that is serving him in his global quest. As confirmation, let us return to the Council on Foreign Relations that we began to cover in our last message. And I will note here that, even though we will only be touching on these organizations, the information that I will be sharing with you will definitely confirm the New World Order intentions behind them. So as we return to the Council on Foreign Relations, most presidents and nearly all of the secretaries of state in our generation have belonged to the CFR. Even presidents who claim to be Christian have generally filled their cabinets with CFR members, with George Bush being a good example of this. The Council on Foreign Relations has several branches that include New York, Paris, and Hamburg, Germany. And under their ambitions, many other organizations have been formed to carry out their objectives as well. The network of influences controlled by these people, including the major networks, is unbelievable. Some of their purposes are, or at least should be, hair-raising. For instance, study number 7, CFR position paper 1125-1959, stated its purpose was to advocate the building of a new international order, which may be responsible to world aspirations for peace, including states labeling themselves as socialist. Like the frog that is slowly being cooked to death in a pot of warm but soon-to-boil water, this may not seem to be so alarming in our current world, as people are becoming more and more conditioned to the New World Order that is forming right here and right now. 
but when it first came out in 1959, it was still pretty shocking to consider proposing a new international order and unity between socialist and capitalistic countries. We then come to the League of Nations. The League of Nations was established in 1920 in Geneva, Switzerland. It was an attempt to move toward a one-world government, but it failed because the Congress of the United States disagreed with its purpose and would not allow us to join it. This global experiment came out of the same period of time as World War I. President Woodrow Wilson and his Secretary of State, Colonel House. House was the champion of his time for one-world thinking and worked for its establishment. This same ideal was evidenced again during the Gulf War when President Bush started talking about the New World Order. He used that term over 200 times. Next, we come to the United Nations. The United Nations grew out of the world conditions leading to the start of World War II. By then, the Council on Foreign Relations wielded great control over the State Department and our foreign policy. Hitler was financed by the Warburgs and the Rothschilds and others, demonstrating the practice of actually fomenting war by enabling it, financing both sides of various wars to keep the people in a state of unrest, and waiting for a peacemaker and a one-world government to remedy the Earth's dilemmas. Ten of the original 14 founding council members of the United Nations were also members of the Council on Foreign Relations. Elger Hiss was the Secretary General of the UN's founding conference and was also later exposed as a Soviet spy. Donald McElvaney, author and editor of the McElvaney Intelligence Advisor, states that when Hiss and the others formed the UN, they established the Department of Political and Security Council Affairs, which would have jurisdiction over all future UN military operations in a way that the head of the department would always be a Soviet citizen, military officer, or person designated by the Soviets. And for many years, that mandate was followed. To keep the United States involved, the land for the United Nations headquarters in New York City was donated by John D. Rockefeller, Jr. The United Nations is also the parent organization of the World Bank Group, consisting of these agencies, the International Monetary Fund, established in 1944, the International Finance Corporation, which began in 1956, and the International Development Association, founded in 1960. According to the Growler Electronic Encyclopedia, 155 nations held membership in the World Bank of 1990. The United Nations also has a world court, otherwise known as the International Court of Justice, created by the Charter of the United Nations in 1945. At present, the decisions of the world court are not always honored, but as the military strength of the UN grows, the actions of its court will also become more binding. The Gulf War and Bosnia airstrikes are examples of the UN's police work, and while the United Nations appears to be mostly ineffective in keeping peace, it may be that the enemy behind them is using wars and rumors of wars, economic instability, and environmental crisis to finally bring the world to the place where its people will say, 
If you have the plan and the power to bring order, we will accept it, and the leader who can make it happen. Purposely allowing things to get worse now will help them achieve their objectives at the proper time. Then, at last, hope for all these political, economic, and ecological issues will be offered when it is time for a one-world government. Next, we come to the Bilderbergers. The Bilderbergers were established in 1954 in the Netherlands and is a similar organization to the Council on Foreign Relations. It has approximately 100 power elite members from various nations of NATO. In a commentary written for the Jeremiah Project, a behind-the-scenes look is given to the true intentions of the secretive organization. They write that, even though many still deny their very existence, the fact is that in 1954, the most powerful men in the world met for the first time under the auspices of the Dutch royal crown and the Rockefeller family in the luxurious Hotel Bilderberg, located in the small Dutch town of Oosterbeek. For an entire weekend, they debated the future of the world, and when it was over, they decided to meet once every year to exchange ideas and to analyze international affairs. They named themselves the Bilderberger Club. Since 1954, they have gathered yearly in a luxurious hotel somewhere in the world, meeting behind closed doors. The details of their meetings are secret, but you can pretty much assume that they are discussing topics related to their respective roles in the world. Many strongly suggest that they are arrogantly plotting the subversions and silent takeover of constitutional governments across the globe, and those who have inside information agree that their goal is a world government run exclusively by their hand-picked puppets. Attending the meetings are the elite of the world, those movers and shakers that control the largest and most influential organizations that matter to humanity. They control the world's press and virtually all of our banks and financial institutions. They screen and choose who America's leaders will be and even determine who will run on the Democratic and Republican Party tickets. Rich and aristocratic, they despise Christians, and they loathe the lowly working class. Shrewd and calculating, their hearts are filled with lust for power and consumed by greed for money. Their membership and attendees list reads like a who's who in the world. The following is just a few of their elitist members or attendees at the Bilderberger meetings, past and present. David Rockefeller, Henry Kissinger, Prince Charles, Prince Juan Carlos I of Spain, Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands, Gerald Ford, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Dan Quayle, Donald Rumsfeld, Colin Powell, John Edwards, James Baker, former director of the Office of Net Assessment and Office of the Secretary of Defense, Jared Kushner, former senior advisor to President Trump, George Stephanopoulos, William J. McDonough, former president of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Timothy F. Geithner, former U.S. Treasury Secretary, George Soros, Robert Rubin, co-chairman, emeritus, Council on Foreign Relations, and former Treasury Secretary, Alan Greenspan, former chairman of the Federal Reserve, 
World Bank President Robert Zolik, Peter A. Till, co-founder of PayPal, Eric E. Schmidt, Chairman and Chief Officer of Google, Lloyd Blankfein, Senior Chairman of Goldman Sachs, Donald E. Graham, former Chairman of the Board of the Washington Post and Facebook's Board of Directors, and Peter Jennings just to name a very few of the most powerful people in the world who have attended their secret meetings. A quote from the late David Rockefeller sums up the Bilderbergers' true intentions. We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march toward a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. And this is where we'll have to pick up in our next message. Until then, and as always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www dot agape light ministries dot com again that's www dot agape light ministries dot com <laughs>